0: On today's edition of 1111 Talk Radio, I engage in a rich conversation with Andrea Matthews, host of Authentic Living Radio and author of numerous books. We dive into the ways of the world, how it speaks to us, and how signs, symbols, and synchronicities appear. This information was first shared in my originating book, Conversations with the Universe, How the World Speaks to Us. It celebrates its 10th anniversary year as of 2023. I invite you to get your copy of this 10th anniversary edition, a two-time gold award-winning book. The information in it is as valuable today, if not more so, than it was a decade ago. It's time to discover how the world is speaking to you in all the ways that the ordinary is extraordinary. Enjoy the conversation.
1: question of today is, what is it really like to hear from the universe or the divine? What can we look for in terms of knowing when it's a communique from the universe and when it's not? How do we determine the difference between a message from the universe or the divine and a message from our own confused emotions? I've written a really delightful book. It's uh, entitled, for our listening audience, it's entitled, again, Conversations with the Universe, and the subtitle is How the World Speaks to Us. So I want to really just jump in there because that is such a hot topic. You know, I know you've seen heard this, and I've heard this. People from various religions saying, "Well, it was God's will, or it was the universe that led me to that," or, and uh, some of us would look at that and say, "Well, no, not so much." And other times we think, "Well, yeah, that really was some kind of divine intervention there." So um, you've said in your book that the universe never stops talking to us. So what do you mean by that?
2: I believe that we each are having a conversation with the universe, and it's been happening all of the time. Uh, the reason that we are not all aware of it is simply because we're all not completely present to what's going on around us. And how I know that we're having a conversation is each and every one of us does have something that repetitively shows up in our lives. And when we start to notice this repetition, this is when the awareness happens and also when we invite the conversation in, not that we're saying, now the conversation can happen, but that we're saying, now I'm willing to be part of a conversation that has been taking place. And then we are really guided every step of the way, but we must first make that acknowledgement that we are being communicated to.
1: Okay, so, so you said in there that we needed to be present, and so what do you mean by that requirement that we be present? I hear that all the time, as I know you do too. So what does being present mean?
2: Well, for many people, being present is probably one of the largest obstacles that is there. And so initially what that means is just being aware of that thing that we call uh, a tapping or a coincidence. Uh, Many of us will have something happen again and again, and we'll say, gosh, that's happened again. What a coincidence that is. That coincidence is actually the early stages of us awakening into this conversation that is constantly going on then we start to step more into what we call synchronicity. And it's when these events take place that merge and put us in a place where it, it's magical. It's, it's miraculous. It can't be anything other than what we call synchronicity. What this is all leading us to, however, is oneness. And the oneness that exists is the universe speaking to us as us, as everything in the world. And when we tap more into the coincidence and the synchronicity, and we start to realize that there's even something beyond that, then we actually will step into that oneness because we will become part of that ongoing conversation rather than just listening to or having the conversation. And that's the ultimate goal. My book helps people to understand how to begin that by asking certain questions and starting to recognize that every piece and part of the world is actually us speaking to us. We're not on a journey. That's an end destination. We are the journey, and we've created the perfect set and environment and characters and every piece and part of the, the stage and environment to also be us in representation so that we have this communication
1: ongoing. Okay, now you're, you're going to have to say more about that environment that is us as we communicate in the journey because that's, that's something that I really think is so key to what you're saying.
2: So many people are open to the fact that the divine is a part of us or that the divine works through us um, or that it, it somehow channels into us and allows us to uh, create divine movement in the world. What I'm asking people to realize is what if you are the divine? What if you are a spark of the divine here, uh, moving and acting, creating as the divine so that you can have an experience? What if you are experience experiencing itself? And if you are that one spark of the divine, what if every other thing, every other person, every other experience is also a piece of the divine? Then that means that everything you're looking at is you. It is a mirror to you. And so that when you're seeing something like a butterfly or a dragonfly or a beautiful flower, that's an opportunity for you to see yourself, number one, as divine, Number two, as who you really are. And you can say, where is that in me? Where is that beauty in me? Where is that flight in me? Where is that magical part of me? In the same way that we see things such as the shooting that occurred in Washington or uh, violence that we see happen in the Middle East or um, abandonment or abuse that we see with children and with women around the world. When we see those things, it's also another opportunity to understand that the divine has shown up as those beings to let us also look inside and self-reflect and self-realize, where is that in me? Where is that violence in me? Where is that abandonment in me? Where is that way of behavior in me? Because if it's in front of us, it means that we're each doing those things in some way, either to someone else or to ourselves. And so it's a really amazing way that this universe has created itself because it is all kind of a self-clearing, self-cleaning, self-realization that takes place when we allow ourselves to view the oneness of everything rather than the separation of it.
1: Absolutely. I could sense? not agree. Yes, I could not agree more. And I'm so glad you've spelled that out so beautifully and so clearly. And that is one of the hardest things, I think, for And I'm, I'm so glad that you're traveling around um, challenging people to realize that because I think that is one of the hardest things for us to even conceive, particularly in the Western world where our religion most of our religions have taught us that we are separate from the divine and that we have to go through certain rituals or prayers or acts or something like that to get even close to the realm of the divine, touch the Well, the I can gauntlet. really
2: give you a very tangible uh, experience that has taken place while I'm on the Rebel Road. I've undertaken this 11-month journey to 66 cities where I'm putting on a completely different show in each city, allowing myself to have no control, no plan, being fully guided by the signs, symbols, messages, and communications of the universe. And when we began this journey two weeks ago, we got about two hours from our original starting point and had to get gas. And we stopped for gas, and then the vehicle, the RV that we were in, would not crank up. So we had to get someone to jumpstart us, and we got to our campground, spent the night, and then we were to move from that campground the next morning. Again, the RV would not crank up. We got... Uh, some gentlemen to come out, take a look at it. They couldn't figure out what was wrong, and so we had to go to their station, and they ended up finding out that it was a part called the solenoid, and the solenoid is something that is the communication device between the ignition and the engine, Hmm. and I knew that this journey was going to guide me as to what each show was about, and so I was kind of watching as I do everything in life, and i was saying, okay, what is going on here? What is the communication? What is the universe trying to tell me? And what is the message that maybe even I need to see um, that has been a part of my life? And so they fixed the the RV. It cranked up just fine. We left. Um, interestingly enough, what was supposed to be a $500 bill, they uh, inquired about what the Rebel Road meant, and the owner of the establishment was so inspired that he ended up donating $200 to the tour rather than charging us. So So, uh, that also is another whole story of how you know the universe just supplies you what you need as you move along. But we get to the next campsite, and I go into the office to get the paperwork and come back out. The RV does not crank. And so I got it jump-started, got to our camping spot, got everything unhooked, our sewer, our water, and everything unhooked, and I sat back down to try to crank it up, and it wouldn't crank. And so I just breathed, and I said all right, universe, what is it? There's a message you're trying to give me, and perhaps it is what you want the first show to be about. So the thing that was the issue was the solenoid, and I just started repeating that word to myself, solenoid, 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 and all of a sudden it became silly noise, silly noise, silly noise. Are you trying to guide me to talk about the silly noise that surrounds us inside and outside, that keeps us stopping and starting and stopping and starting? as as the breakdown in communication from us igniting and the engine to keep on going within our own lives. I said that and I went back to the driver's seat and I turned the ignition and it cranked. And it has cranked ever since. What if the world is that magical? That really everything that is happening, even the obstacles, are a message and a gift. And we can instantly shift those things just by becoming aware.
1: Just by becoming aware, absolutely, it's absolutely, yes, it is amazing, and and you know, wouldn't it be interesting if that were our everydays, and to not have that would be amazing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, we we think it's amazing because we we don't live in it every day, and and what you're doing right now on your on your rebel road is is you're rebelling against that old way, that old paradigm that says we can't live that way.
2: Well, we think it's amazing because we believe the miraculous is miraculous.
1: When the miraculous
2: is actually natural and ordinary and it's supposed to be part of our everyday happening. Yep. And when we step into that place knowing that miracles abound around us all the time, that we in fact are miracles ourselves and have the ability to create miracles, then we will see that on a constant and consistent basis. Until that time we're going to get our messages, albeit from numbers, from insects, from birds, from messages that show up in the billboards, and any and everything that shows up in our path. Is going to be that communication because we've created an environment that is us to speak back to us. Mm. And it's just an amazingly magical experience when you live this way.
1: Yes, absolutely. I'm so glad we talked about that because I think that's just so primary. I, I, I find that so many of us, and I have done it myself, live in this place where we're striving to get to some place inside of ourselves where we're better people or living in what's called the higher self or some some striving is taking place where we're not really being present in the moment enough to just be with what is inside and outside of us to get the messages.
2: Yes, yes. And if we can move beyond those measurements or those beliefs that we have to attain or strive or become something, then all of a sudden we'll realize that we're already, already uh, that.
1: Yep, there it is. There it is. You said uh, that life is, uh, earlier you said something about life is the experience of the experiencing, or experiencing the experience, and you also said in the book that the purpose of life is exploration. Can you talk just a little bit more about that, what that means?
2: Well, the more... I, I'm a very introspective person, and my life before the Rebel Road was one where I was completely a hermit, very shy. I really thought about a lot of things, and the more I would contemplate what I was, I started to think, you know, I'm not really this body. There's, there's, there's no way I could just be this body, because if I have all of these energetic bodies outside of me, if I can sometimes have visions, or I can know someone's calling, or I can sense something in a room this body must be a spacesuit. It must be a spacesuit that's equipped with gadgets and buttons and senses that allow me to understand something about the world, but it doesn't mean that that's who I am. And so then that took me to the next phase of thinking, and that was, well, if I'm not the body, and I say that I'm a spiritual being having a human experience, then that means that when I leave this body, that I'm still individualized, I'm still a spirit, and everyone else is still a spirit, and we're all still separate. Well, that didn't resonate with me either because we're supposed to be one. So for us to have that experience here and then leave the body to have the exact same experience just seems kind of like a waste of time to me. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, well, what would be beyond us being spiritual beings having a human experience? And I thought, well, we would have to be all one massive being that individualized to have these experiences. And if that was the case, what would that massive being have wanted? Well, the only thing left would be experience. It would have to be experience experiencing itself. And there's so many kinds of experiences and feelings and emotions to have on this amazing thing that we call Earth, that it would have to individualize in every possible part and form that could be. And how we would reclaim that expansive oneness that we were is to recognize the divine in all of it. And that means the divine in the good as well as the bad the divine in the beauty as well as the garbage. And when we can get to the place of really recognizing that divinity in everything from the graffiti, the muck, and the mire to the rainbows and the bliss and the heavens, then all of a sudden we become the puzzle piece that brings the oneness together. And that's how I believe we really are here, as experience experiencing itself, seeking out the experience of one another into oneness. Mm hmm
1: Absolutely. And so well put. So well put. So in that process of experiencing, we're not to determine what is good and what is bad. We're just experiencing it without trying to measure it or value it under some category.
2: Yes. And I think that the the thing that is such a struggle for people, they say, I can't get rid of the mental chatter, or I don't know how to be in the now. The only reason that stuff exists is because you are so busy focusing either on an end goal that you think you have to attain or focusing on some past regret or thing that you think you have lost rather than really immersing yourself in the experience you're in. And if we allowed ourselves to just be in the experience that we're in, all of a sudden we would open the doors and connect the dots that line up the path for the next experience. And that's our true purpose in life. It's not that we have to write a book or we have to be on a stage or we have to become uh, some sort of career or make some certain amount of money. We are simply here to be changed all of the time as experienced. And then life becomes very simple, very peaceful, and much easier to flow into.
1: Yeah. So rather than tisking over the terrible things that happen in our world or you know even even as we grieve to experience that grief but also to to recognize that those things are are part of our own mirror part of what's going on inside of us and not something that that happens outside of us that we're helpless to do anything about which is how you're saying we create oneness
2: yes yes especially when we talk about those emotions such as anger or grief or or jealousy, you know, so often we've been taught to get rid of those things or to banish those things, and that that's not what we want. But in fact, if we would do the opposite and immerse ourselves in them so that we understand, oh, this is what anger feels like, and this is where I feel it in my body, and this is how I react or respond, then we discover another part of ourselves.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I think what you're saying is just so right on and I couldn't agree more and I'm so glad that you're here to tell us about it today because this is the the mystery of uh, that communication with the universe and our communication with ourselves and how we live more authentically is to be present in that self, in all of its manifestations, external and internal. So yeah, we're going to talk a lot more about that after the break so stay tuned for more from Simon Singh. We'll be back in just a minute. interviewing Simran Singh about her book, Conversations with the Universe, How the World Speaks to Us and it's a very, very important topic because as we were just saying during the break, there's so many people who want to understand this thing about when it is that the divine is speaking to us and and how we can know that that's really the divine and and how do we live in the present and how do we live in the now and and this is the topic of today and, and Simran's doing such a great job of telling us explicitly how we can do that so I'm real grateful for you being on the show today Simran so I want to ask you just a little bit more you were talking about that presence and I want to talk to you a little bit more about what that means that presence means in terms of asking when it comes to asking the question um, you said a little while ago you told this beautiful story about you repeating a word again and again until it became another word and uh, that that whole thing of asking can be done in several different ways can it not
2: it can be done in a lot of ways. Um, what I have found is I get the biggest response and answers when I ask out loud. There is something about our voice and sound that does seem to initiate energy in a certain way. And I don't know that it's so much that the universe is hearing us as much as it is we are hearing our own voice. Mm-hmm. And and for many of us, we've not allowed ourselves to hear ourselves. And so when we speak that question out loud, we're almost inviting uh, every other piece and part of us that is the world that is speaking back to us to then uh, respond in turn to help guide us. And then we simply need to be aware. I think a lot of people, they fall into that linear trap of wanting to understand exactly what everything means or they say, okay, I'm going to look for all my signs and symbols. It doesn't really work that way. The messages come when it's something you just happen upon, when your eyes catch on a word, or happen to be driving down and it catches a license plate in a certain set of numbers and uh, or you happen to hear something or a song continually repeats and and shows up in your life or some situation happens in your uh... house like a pipe bursting or a flat tire on a car any and everything's going to be that communication and initially we're going to want to know what it means and there's plenty of sites along with my book that will tell you what a lot of those things mean but when you allow yourself to really go inside the way that i did with solenoid And just repeat and feel it in your body and let yourself start to believe that you know the answer. You'll start to uncover an intuition that has always been there, but you just haven't tapped into. And I believe that there's a general conversation that the universe has with all of us where there's a general meaning. But then I believe that we each have our own dialect, which is a deeper knowing that comes. So a flat tire on my car is going to have a general meaning for both of us, but it will have a different, slightly deeper meaning for me than a flat tire on your car would have for you based on our own lives and our own circumstances. And that's where the beauty of this communication deepens, and our intuition then gets to play a part of it. I hope I answered the question that you were asking Andrea that was kind of where my head went. So,
1: yeah, that's fine. That that is right. I think what what I hear you saying is that you're we're we're being present with ourselves enough to ask the right question or the question that we most want to have answered or the urgency we most feel or whatever that we're, and then you, you talked about putting it into voice, and which also brings it into body. It brings it into sensation. And then you talked about how it is that that process sort of works in terms of being able to, to bring it into an understanding that you can receive. Do I have that yes, right? The,
2: the thing that I think we get caught up in is we believe so much in this outside world. So our own divinity has been intelligent enough to create the signs and symbols in the outside world because that's where we're focused. But in the end, what we're all to do is bring it back inside, because there really is no world that exists on the outside. It only exists on the inside. That is the reality and the illusion that people talk about. It looks so real out there, but what's truly real are our feelings and our senses and our heart's yearnings and our desires and this desire to experience something and whether or not we hold ourselves back from it.
1: Right. And, I, you know, I've heard people say, well, even if you can't really accept that, that, even if you can't really accept it, that the world is an illusion, or, but you can say that the world is a mirror. Yeah. And uh, so that, you know, so whatever level of acceptance we have, we can still receive these same signs and symbols. Yes, definitely. Yeah. Okay. So you, you said something about why we're so external, the externality of our sort of way of living. Is part of the issue. I, I want to talk a little bit more about why it is we get so confused. So many of us are seeking out um, psychics and mediums who can, uh, who have spirit guides, and so many of us are, 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 you know, asking other people, "What do you think?" And we just don't know how to trust our own guidance. So why, why are we so confused about this?
2: You know, that's why I was so compelled to write this book. All of the signs and symbols and everything that I garnered and shared. In this book is is how i grew and learned and what i discovered over that path was the biggest obstacle was i did not trust i couldn't trust life i couldn't trust myself i couldn't trust the divine and that's what kept me at certain parts of my life seeking outside for information or questioning things or being in fear we are all in that place at some point in our lives and so the signs and the symbols when we allow ourselves to start communicating with the universe in this way, what we're actually doing is developing a sense of trust between the world and ourselves. And when we develop that sense of trust, then all of a sudden we feel uh, more self-love. We feel a more of a sense of committing to what we really want because we feel like something's got our back. When we had those repetitions, what 11-11 signified was that the universe has your back. And whether you see 11-11 or something else... They all are trying to tell you that. They're all trying to say that there are seen and unseen forces that are here to completely support you, but they want you to go with what's in your heart rather than what's in your head. They want you to finally trust and know that whatever door you want to step into, you will then be guided. You just simply need to say yes, and that yes is going to initiate the next step of the conversation. I think what holds us back is we believe... Oh, my goodness, maybe I shouldn't do that. Maybe I'm, I'm hearing from my ego, or maybe that's not the divine. What I want you to understand is there are no mistakes. You cannot make a wrong turn. Whatever you do, you will still be guided back to where you're supposed to go. So why not let yourself have the experience that is calling to you in the moment rather than yes. thinking that it might be a mistake?
1: Absolutely. And the only way that I've ever known that, that to build trust is by having the experience. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can quickly share real quickly one uh, experience that I had where I was launching, I did something similar to what you're talking about, just sort of launch yourself out there and don't know where you're going, don't know what's going to happen next, and you just kind of go with what comes. And I was uh, in the business of starting up my new practice and and um, started up a therapeutic weekends And then one time when my son uh, had – there had been an uh, accident and my son was on crutches so he couldn't go out to the car and get something he needed. I went and got it and had to root around underneath my seat, which probably was cluttered with a lot of things, and found under there a $500 Brazilian note. I'd never Mm. seen such a thing in my life, and and I took it into him, who's my resident encyclopedia, and I, I said, you know, what is this? And he said, well, it looks real. I think it might be real, but you have to check with the bank. So I checked with the bank, or I tried to check with the bank, couldn't get anybody to answer the phone, tried several times, couldn't get anybody to respond to me, put it away in my billfold and forgot about it several months later. I took a $500 hit on my uh, one of my therapeutic weekends and was wondering how I was going to pay bills. And I accidentally pulled that thing out. And I thought, well, I'll call the bank again. So I called the bank and went down there. They wow. said they didn't rec- recognize it. Then I went over to another bank, and they gave me $500, and that was that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, what that said to me was, here's the experience. Here's the, okay, this is how you're being provided for. It's going to be okay. And that was one experience out of many, many that I've had since that time that just said, you can trust, you can trust, you can trust. But we're not going to know that until we step out there.
2: Well, and we can't step into a place of trust as long as we're in this place of willing and control. And that's so much of what the Rebel Road was about. When that vision came in, it was for me to step out of my box. Who I was had gotten me as far as I could go. I need to now step into my unknown self. The known self was the one that was the hermit that stood behind the computer that created 1111 magazine, that hid behind a phone that could do 1111 talk radio, that kept herself in a very safe distance from people. And so this new me was supposed to get out there in front of people. This new me was supposed to sing, something I'd never done before, was supposed to do comedy, something I'd never done before, and being willing to be the example of someone just leaping without a plan, without control. Talk about learning how you can trust the universe. Absolutely. It has been the most incredible, amazing experience having an RV show up, having venues just spontaneously arrive that invite us, having people show up, and there'll be such a sharing of the heart and of love and of connection, and having this place where giving and receiving blend between the people that are there and myself. But none of that would have happened had I tried to control it. Or will it? Or had I tried to say, no, I can't do that because I, I don't believe myself to be capable of any of those things? What if we're capable of all of it? We just need to allow ourselves to let go and receive it, to receive ourselves, to receive our divinity, to receive all of the good that is in the universe that is here for us, but we keep pushing it back with our own will and our own control
1: hmm absolutely, and that is definitely one of the reasons we get confused. And and you're, uh, what I didn't hear you say in there was that you uh, were worried about what other people might think, but that's one of the big deals, too, isn't it?
2: Yes, I think that's probably one of the biggest obstacles is we make up all of the excuses as to why we can't do something, and much of that comes to, well, what's my spouse going to think, or my friends, or my family, or am I going to look crazy, or am I going to look silly, or how am I going to do this, or I don't have the money. We come up with all kinds of excuses, but we create those people and those experiences in our lives so that we do step out on ourselves, not to keep us limited, but that's the realization that has to happen, and the signs and the symbols will help us to see that if we start to say yes to them, rather than just noticing them as, oh, there's another coincidence. Oh, look at that synchronicity. It's time to move beyond that into something bigger.
1: Yeah, and you spend a lot of time, particularly in the latter part of the book, talking about the universal language and uh, things like nouns and verbs and adjectives and things like that. So I want I want you to tell us a little bit about that language.
2: What I started to discover is the different things in our lives show up in different ways. Some of them are nouns, which means they are exact mirrors to us, like people, and they're really there. So when we say to someone, or if I look at Andrea Matthews and I think about what I feel about her, that she's brilliant, she's got a great voice, she's empowered and whatever I'm judging about Andrea Matthews is really what I'm there to see about myself. That is what that mirror is there for me. And then there are other things that are there to be uh, verbs, that are there to be the action. And so that would be things such as the numbers or uh, something that would be movement, something that would be more of that kind of mirror. And that's just letting us know it's time to move our car, any issue that happens with our car, any issue that happens with our house. Usually that is to get us to take a step in a certain direction. And then there are things that are the adjectives, which are the ones that help to describe uh, a scenario, to help us understand more of ourselves, like our name or a street address that we've lived on. So I found that there are different components, very similar to the English language components in the universal language. And it just helps it move beyond a sign and a symbol into something that is more of a, paragraph or a our conversation. What we believe is we have just this one sign or symbol that shows up but if we took everything in our world that was showing up for us and we put it together all of a sudden it really is as if we are sitting with a friend and having a conversation and that was one of the biggest messages that I wanted to get across to people because we're so hooked on just oh I saw this or I saw that but there's something deeper going on and when we allow ourselves to tap into that depth and what we're doing is we're also allowing ourselves to tap into the depth of divinity that we are.
1: Yeah, so when we're not present, we could be missing out on our own guidance. Most definitely. Most yeah. definitely. The time yeah. is now
2: to be in the now. And the only way to be in the now is to be fully immersed in every experience that you're having. And I know sometimes we don't want to be in the mundaneness of washing dishes or changing a diaper or going to the grocery store. But it's in those most mundane moments that many of the subtle signs will show up. And so if we can be present to even that, then you're going to see some miraculous things happen in your life.
1: Yes yes I'm so glad you said that. I think that's really true. We are particularly in the spiritual world and particularly in the new age and new thought worlds where where we're seeking the profound. I think we are seeking the profound and eliminating the the ordinary and the ordinary has for has the messages. I mean people talk about big miracles all the time and I say breathing in and out that's the biggest miracle there is. So absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So, you know, that's the mundane. We don't even think about breathing in and out, but we're doing it all day every day. That's a miracle of, what is that, a nanosecond? I don't know, but, uh, you know, it's a, it's a miracle happening all the time, and we're missing that if we're not tuned in, and that's how we can build trust. So we can say, okay, well, I'm, I, I feel myself breathing, and therefore I can trust that I'm breathing, you know. It's a, an amazing process. The greatest
2: miracle of all that is going to happen is when we truly, each and every one of us, recognize the divine in each other and every other thing on the planet. That is when we're going to know our oneness, and that is going to be the divine miracle that will Mm -hmm. take place. Because the fact of the matter is, we are in love all of the time. We are of love all of the time. We are with love all of the time, and we are here to be as love all of the time. There is nothing other than that, because there is only good. So for us to think anything is random or anything is bad or negative, we're completely missing the divinity that is present, because there is nothing but good here, and when we embrace that and really allow ourselves to become one with everything we meet, then all of a sudden. We make the miraculous happen. We allow transformation to take place. We allow ourselves to rise into the places of mysticism and magic that we are clamoring for when it's right at our fingertips, our hearts, and our minds all the time.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So well said. That, that's just beautiful. I think that's that's the essence of it. Is just being alive, really being alive, and 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 in that life, there is an only love. So I think that's beautiful. Thank you for saying it that way.
3: Conversations with the universe are happening all the time. Within the stillness in your heart, messages become clear. Symbols, numbers, and intuition serve as one. A divine spark will tug the strings. Deep inside your heart, we are one. Not just ships passing in the night, we are one not just rainbows in the dark we are one on this rebel road we're on we are one conversations with the universe reveal your sacred path in this higher love you'll see the signs to find your way back home directing you Guiding you where natural order reigns. A divine plan unfolds in grace as you glide beyond your fears. We are one. Not just ships passing in the night. We are one. Not just rainbows in the dark. We are one. We are one, conversations with the universe, language of the soul, it's time to connect the dots, see how the world speaks to you, creative, intuitive, and powerful you'll become. Find that inner voice, and then you'll see how the magic fills the air. Conversations with the universe, it's time to come back home. In the light of a new day, illusion may be undone. Many voices, many hearts, we are children of the sun. Reclaim your essence as celebration reigns everywhere. We are one. Not just ships passing in the night. We are one. Not just rainbows in the dark. We are one. Not just ships passing in the night. We are one not just rainbows in the dark. We are one on this rebel road. We're on, we are one.
1: we're back talking today with Simran Singh about her book, Conversations with the Universe, How the World Speaks to Us. And I think this is one of the most important conversations I've had on this show where we really are getting down to the nitty-gritty of how we can find our own guidance in this world where things are so confusing to, to most of us. So, again, thank you for being on the show. I wanted to talk with you, Simran, just a little bit about... The body. I think so many of us want to exclude the body from the experience of the divine. And what you're saying in your book is that the body is uh, an important part of this experience and that it has its own devices for helping us. So, can you talk a little bit about that?
2: It does, and we don't really use the body to the full extent that it is allowed. Uh, if we want to think about the way we have a house or a car and how we have many different types of gadgets and things inside of those that help to guide us when something's wrong there's all kinds of alarms and buttons and whistles and all kinds of things that take place the body's very much the same way so there's a lot of work that is written about how different parts of the body mean different things the right side being the more masculine the left side being the more feminine and, and how different areas of the body will take you back to the chakras so that you know which areas in your life that you have to work for and work towards uncovering and clearing But then if we go deeper with that and we really dive into our senses, there's a whole array of our senses that we have not allowed ourselves to tap into that allow us to know things at a different level. And when we talk about multisensory beings, what we're saying is that the senses start to blur. It means that we start to see with our nose and we start to smell with our eyes and we start to have all these experiences. But to get to that place, we have to first recognize That when we're sensing something, when we're closing our eyes and let's say a smell just walks past you, maybe it is an apple pie, and you open your eyes and you look around and there's no one making an apple pie, all of a sudden there's no reason that that should even be there. That is a scent that has come into your world to take you back to a place. And I've seen this with many clients that I've worked with. When we go back and we allow that sense to remind us of something that has taken place in our life, it takes us back to an experience that, number one, either needs to give us a gift or a lesson or that it's providing the answer for healing that has to happen of a situation going on in the moment. And I started to discover that with every sense, whether it was the sight or the smell or the sound. Every sense that we have could go deeper. If you look back at cave times, before they had all the things that we had, they used their noses and could smell the weather coming from miles and miles and miles away. And we've lost all of that. But furthermore, we have discounted the final two senses that are extremely important. That's the sixth sense of intuition, which the signs and symbols help us to redevelop. And the seventh sense, which is the sense of humor. That is probably the key to enlightenment, allowing ourselves to be able to laugh at ourselves and take life lightly, not so seriously. We use humor right now as a way to laugh off something that we're ashamed about or embarrassed about, or we use it as a way to jab so that we can have our anger go out in a different way. This sense of humor looks at life and allows us to really look at our story and look at ourselves and be able to lighten up about it. And when we can do that, then all of a sudden we realize what a mirage or what an illusion this all really is, and we come to more of a place of peace. And so to truly get into the, the or to truly rise into enlightenment or ascend like so many people want to, I'm, I'm going to kind of uh, blow your mind here a minute. It means that you have to actually get into your body. You have to embody who you are here. We've got to really get into our bodies. Only then can you step into these places of so-called enlightenment that you're looking for.
1: Thank you so much for saying that. I think there's so many of us that are seeking to have out-of-body experiences, and, and sometimes that's literal, and sometimes it's just staying in this uh, unreal state of bliss that we, we're seeking that instead of seeking what is, which is I'm here on planet Earth, I'm in this body, what can I do with that? So being in the body, yes, that's huge, huge. Thank you so much for saying that.
2: Well, we chose that. It's why we came. You know, if we could imagine that of, of all the many individuations that the divine could be, we were the ones that actually got our ticket in. We were the ones that got to come here. And, and this is a huge deal to be able to be on this amazing, beautiful planet and to be made in the image and likeness of our creator. And that is not a man or a woman in the sky. The image and likeness of our creator is actually creation itself. So if we are the sons and daughters of creation, it means that our natural inherent gift is the ability to create, and that is what we're each here to do. We are not victims of an experience. We are here to be empowered creators of this experience, and once you can stand in that, you can create anything in this world that you want to create, because then you no longer are defined by your past. You use your past as the the message and the manner in which to propel forward.
1: And again, we're talking to Simran Singh about how the body fits into this whole adventure of living in the experiencing of the experience. And uh, did you finish talking about that, Simran? Do Do I need to ask more about that?
2: I'd like to add one more thing. I think so many people want to run from certain emotions and certain feelings because we don't want to feel what we call the discomfort of sadness or grief, or anger, or depression, or all of those things. And when I was going through my own experiences, and I seemed to keep having these recurrent emotions come up, I reached this point where I thought, you know, what if I just sank into them? What if I just drowned in them and allowed them to just fully take me over? You know, what's the worst that could happen? Could I die? Could could I actually leave this planet? You know, what if I just let myself have it? And when I decided to do that, What I started to discover was the beauty of those emotions. I started to discover the richness. And what also started to happen is I would be immersed in them, and then in an instant, they would leave. And what we do is because we push away from them, we stuff them and we stuff them and we stuff them, that they have to keep coming back up and then we keep stuffing them back down. But if we allow them to fully come up and we feel them and we go into, rather than the reaction of them, we go into this is what this feels like and this is the way my body moves when this happens and this is what it feels like to have tears rolling down my eyes and this is the beauty of this experience of sadness and then all of a sudden it's gone. You're going to find that you end up in a state of peace and that's, I think, a huge message for people because we fight having our emotions and that's why we're numbed out, depressed, on medications or in our addictions.
1: And we can get rid of
2: all of those behaviors if we just let ourselves feel
1: Absolutely. And we're also missing out on a great deal of guidance that our emotions have to give us. Yes. Yeah. And a lot of people hear that as well. Oh, that means if I feel like mowing somebody down, then I should mow them down. <laughs> but that's not what we mean. I'm, it's certainly not what I mean, and I'm sure it's not what you mean. To, to, to experience the feeling is to be present with it and to allow it to give us an authentic message, not just something we should do to the external world, but something that's inside of us.
2: It's it's all internal. There's nothing out there. And so when we have those moments, it's not about reaction. It's about response. It's about how can I let myself be with this? Can I be present to myself? The reason we can't be present to other people, the reason we can't celebrate other people, the reason we can't see other people is because we're not present to celebrating or seeing ourselves. And when we get into that place, the whole world will take on a new sense of color and vibrancy that has not been there before.
1: Before you go, if there's any last message you have to give to our listening audience?
2: I think the main message that I'd like to share right now is that we have absolutely no excuses to not live our dreams. And if there is something that is tugging at your heart or tugging at your gut, then it is time now to allow that unique genius to come forth and be the puzzle piece that is needed in the great puzzle of the divine that is trying to come back together in oneness. That is why we're here, to experience ourselves and that fire that's in our heart and our belly and to share that with the world in full exuberance and brilliance that we are.
1: Absolutely. So well said. Thank you so much. And thank you so much for being on the show. I could talk to you for hours and hours.
0: Thank you for opening your mind to a new reality. Your heart to greater compassion and your experience of aliveness with 1111 Talk Radio. Join host Simron next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern Time to step through the gateway of conscious living here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Remember, you are not on the journey, you are the journey.